One good thing that happened to me during the pandemic was to consider restarting my podcast, which I stopped after five episodes in 2016. Stuck at home with time on my hand, I wanted to put the microphone I bought for a better Zoom meeting experience to more use. I tried recording the podcast via Zoom, but it wasn't good. The sound quality was less than ideal, and any intermittent connection issues made it worse. Fortunately, I found Zencaster, a dedicated platform for virtual audio and video podcast recording. It provides crystal clear sounds, which is recorded locally before being pushed to the cloud. This way, you don't have to worry about any inherent connection issues that may disrupt your audio quality. And if you wish to do video, it allows you to record in gorgeous 1080p HD. The best tool is useless if it is too complicated. Zencaster resides on the web and there is nothing to download. If you know how to use the browser, you would know how to use Zencaster. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. If you go to zen.ai slash agenttan and enter the promo code agenttan, you'll get 30% off your first three months. That's zen.ai slash agenttan. It's time to share your story. Why should anyone care about Generation Z? Well, for starters, they are the youngest employees walking through your door and they'll soon be taking over as we move forward in time. Now, I don't know about you, but it's not easy keeping up with the generations. After all, didn't we just get done trying to figure out the millennials? However, you might want to turn the generational page and start learning about the new kids on the block. Generation Z is here to stay and their presence and perspective are changing everything, including the way you manage your teams. With us today to share more about her experiences and learning in managing Gen Z is Ms. Alina Salakova. She's the Regional Director at S3, an international specialist staffing organisation founded in the United Kingdom and headquartered in London. Alina has over a decade of experience within recruitment across the world and has developed a good understanding of various markets, specialism, as well as the art of headhunting. Hi Alina, welcome to the show. Hi, Adrian. Thank you so much for having me today. You can help us to understand which generation definition do you fall under? Great question, Adrian. To start with, you straight away jump with the question of my age. But yeah, sure. I believe if we look at millennials being people who were born from 1980 to mid of 90s, I should be part of them because I was born in the mid of 80s. And yeah, I see myself as a millennial till now. And within your workforce right now, within your office environment, what is the distribution like across the different generation? In our business, we have obviously the sales population and the support population. I see that in our support population, we have early millennials mostly, and that's the core targeted audience for the support people. When it comes to sales, I would say the shift started to happen maybe three or five years ago, where we see much more Gen Z coming through, which is again, a very interesting targeted audience. And I'm sure we going to touch on that today, how to manage them, how to retain them, how to hire them. But long story short, the majority of the sales folks right now in S3 coming from Gen Z. Based on your observation, what do you see as the key differences between this different group of generations, specifically Gen Z versus the millennials? Honestly, Adrian, I believe that there are a lot of differences between these two population and two targeted audience. The reason being, obviously, we need to look historically, right? What both generations went. Even for millennials, when you ask me about whom I belong to, I think there is a joke that there are two types of millennials. Those who were born and meet the GFC... 
The GFC stands for the Global Financial Crisis. It refers to the extreme stress in global financial market and banking system between mid-2007 and early 2009. During the GFC, a downturn in the US housing market was the catalyst for a financial crisis that spread from the United States to the rest of the world through linkages in the global financial system. When they were already at the work and those who met GFC when they were just studying and didn't start their career yet. Same for uh, this big audience, this big targeted group as Gen Z and millennials, what we see as a huge difference and especially coming from the recruitment world. Gen Z are definitely much more realistic. They are much more in a way down to earth in the way they consume the information out there, where millennials are by nature much more optimistic. They really were groomed and, and parented in a way that they believe in the future, in the opportunities from this baby boom parents sign when they were all born. Another key difference for me would be Gen Zs are much more independent and they really believe that the key things for them, they can only rely on themselves and they can only achieve things based on their own efforts, where millennials are much more collaborative. We were still in that time of the history and the society where we believe that the group of people can make a difference versus the individual. Uh, another, again, huge difference, and I'm sure that uh, across your audience, uh, how digitalized we are. Uh, millennials, uh, from one hand, uh, they are pioneers uh, in the digital world, and uh, um, we were the first one who entered uh, that uh, chapter in our history, where Gen Zs, they are natives being digital, right? We see that with them in terms of the way they spread the information around, the way they actually deliver on their job responsibilities, and the way as well how addicted they are 24-7 to the digital channels. Another maybe difference, which I believe is interesting to highlight here, would be Gen Zs are much more private. And again, it comes back from them being individualistic and they in a way more skeptical to share things and they would think twice when it comes to the things about themselves not about their opinion that's also the, the interesting thing they're quite vocal when it comes to their opinion where again millennials they are much more public coming again from this collaborative team environment and being part of the team being part of the group maybe the last again something interesting to share what we see. And again, COVID in a way kicked off that even more. Millennials are still much more face-to-face -face driven in terms of the interaction with people. And even when we, we see the slowdown, right, with all the restrictions uh, around the globe, millennials were the first, yeah, let's go, let's have face-to-face -face meeting, let's have face-to-face -face events, networking sessions, etc., etc., where Gen Zs are digital only. They don't see the benefit into the face-to-face -face interaction. They believe that, again, time is the most beneficial for them. And if they can just deliver on their job sitting in front of the screen all day, they're happy with that. That's a very interesting string of observation, especially the last part where you mentioned Gen Z are actually a bit more private. Without your input, I would naturally think that they might be a bit more open given the fetishism they have with things like TikTok and all that, making big waves and sound about everything related to their opinion and what they think. So it's quite interesting to learn that. And also uh, the, the rest basically goes very well with the typical stereotype. The thing that I'm really interested to learn from you is, and of course, given the setting that you're in, which is a recruitment company, I would imagine the bulk of your workforce, or at least the majority of them would be salespeople. 
basically agency recruiters. And you most likely would have millennials as well as a portion of Gen Z doing the same thing. So how does it differ when it comes to the way they approach their process and how that will affect their outcome? Yeah, great question, Adrian, because we as a business also were in a situation that we had to adjust how we drive the different workforce to get the desired outcome at the end of the day. As we all know that any sales environment, it's a KPI-driven environment. Hence why we see that the linears being, again, group-oriented, team-oriented, they're much easier in following the instructions and guidelines. And they, okay, they see the fellow colleague is doing that. It's working out. I'm just going to kind of copy-paste and be successful in my daily routine. However, with Gen Z's KPI-driven approach is not the benefit at all. And the first initial reaction would be, why should I do other any other ways? Firm believers in shortcuts. That's actually a big problem for any sales organization out there. However, I believe it's really important for the management to find the way to sell what kind of benefits they can get how, again, the the input they do on a daily basis could bring them to the desired outcome. It is really important. And I really want to, again, your audience to know that with Gen Zs, you have to go through the key motivational drivers. As soon as you are very adamant what drives your Gen Z audience, and you can use that through their daily work, you can actually ask them properly, to deliver on the KPIs which you need, to work on some stressful situation in a better way and get again the outcome for the business you would like to get uh, as a business owner. Also very important, Adrian mentioned here, we all talk about mental well-being nowadays, right? And I think it's such a modern topic. And again, we see that the interest towards that topic is raising up every day. It is important for Gen Zs. That's why what we see at S3 among our customers being a global publicly MNCs businesses or the smaller medium-sized businesses that they all kicked off the Thrive initiatives, the mental well-being initiatives within the business. Again, you need to talk the language of your target group and you need to assure that you provide them with specific tools which uh, help them to deliver on the on the sales quota you're asking them to do. Maybe another one, which again, quite important with millennials, it was more about, and it is more about, okay, we have to do X amount, thousand of dollars, and that's what you're going to achieve for that. That's your commission, et cetera, et cetera. And sky's the limit, all is good. Where with Gen Z's, you actually need to talk about the value add you need to share and really properly explain them the value and the purpose and the mission of the business. They need to see something behind that just the money. And we actually see that if five against seven years ago, people would mostly change the job because of the salary increment. Now they change the job because oh, there is a hybrid way of working or oh, there is a great mission behind. Again, talking about my business as a STEM recruitment company, I believe mission helps us to attract the Gen Z's population because we truly believe that we are all here to bring skilled people together to build the future. And it's about presence. It's about the future. It's about people who are within robotic space, people who are producing vaccines or people who are um, creating new technology, again, which changes the world, et cetera, et cetera. And if you do that properly and you really 
sell and promote the purpose and the mission of your business to them, they actually much more, they're much more open to do the sales job because they don't see that as a sales job only. They see something behind. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. Special thanks to Zencaster for sponsoring today's episode. Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution makes the process quick and painless, the way it should be. I'm obsessed with quality and Zencaster delivers crystal clear audio and stunning HD video. Not to mention that it's easy to use even for my less tech-savvy guests. There's nothing to download. They simply click on the link and begin recording. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience as simple as possible. You don't have to leave your browser to finish the episode because the tool includes everything from local recording to automatic post-production. Take the next step in your podcasting journey. Go to zen.ai slash adriantan and enter the promo code adriantan and you'll get 30% off your first three months. That's zen.ai slash adriantan and remember to enter in the promo code adriantan at checkout. It's time to share your story. So it's basically just identifying the right attributes that really trigger them for them to work towards this common goal. But having said that, the communications of all these attributes are vastly different. Does it mean when you have to hold sales meeting, you have to do it twice? <laughs> once for the millennials, <laughs> once for the Gen Z, because they are focusing on different things. Great question. I think what the, my advice to managers would be, you need to be very adamant and firm how you assign different generation into the different role within the company and within the structure. Meaning if, let's say, your emerging leader is most probably, I get most probably, a Gen Z, sorry, millennial generation, then he or she needs to know how he or she drives the Gen Z sales meeting or weekly meeting, monthly meeting, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And also works, I wouldn't say hard, but mindful whom he is adding into the group. That's really important because you don't want to have for too much of the differences because that's going to bring you into this problematic situation, as you said, that you have to run two different meetings for the same sales goals, let's say. That's why you need to assign people into the proper role and just assure that you help them to drive the initiative on a weekly basis. If you're already in the situation, and again, we can be in the situation that is completely mixed and we see that in S3 as well, in different teams, that what you need to do, you just need to assure that you have both angles through your meeting. Even with my leadership team, I have both representatives from both um, generations. That's why when it comes to the mission and the passion, I definitely assure that I invest my time on that over the meeting and I'm explaining why we are doing so. And obviously for the millennials, I'm just talking numbers more and explaining, okay, what these numbers would give us as a business and what they could help us with in the future. And if you mix that well, the empathy is really important, how you do so, right? And how you can adjust your style towards the different generation, then actually everything would work out quite well, I would say. My next question is more specific to the operations because personally, yeah. I've done recruitment for about 12 years, but this oh. was many years ago. You said earlier on the Gen Z are people who don't really appreciate FaceTime and actually they are behind their devices, probably because they see that as a faster way to communicate. With, but in a recruitment space, you do need a FaceTime. You would need to get a sense of the body cues, the body language, all the mannerism in order to make a good gauge, whether the candidate is a good one. Does it mean that a Gen Z recruiter may not be well suited to say, 
uh, do recruitment for a CFO because you are talking about different generations altogether. The CFO most likely will be not just a millennial, a Gen X or even baby boomer that will appreciate a lot more FaceTime. Whereas your Z is, ah, I don't think I want to meet up with you. I don't think we need to meet. Let's just text. So how do you work around it? Yes, spot on, Adrian. Honestly, the key formula for success we identified, you're assigned a different generation for the different desks which means your question actually, in a way, gives the answer already. You would like to assign your Gen Zs, especially those who are not agile enough to change any approaches into the more geeky space, meaning their audience is on the same page as them. And it does work really well because you don't want to put someone like me in front of their software developer. I believe we're going to be just on a different planet. I will try to get some body language, as you said, the soft skills, et cetera, where and in the reality, my client would like just to see the hard skills and their ability to code, right? And vice versa, you don't want to put your Gen Z geeky one in front of their very passionate salesperson you don't want to put in front of the CFO, right? Because they would not be able to find this common ground. And at the end of the day, none of the party would succeed. That's why what helps us, we, we, we assess the personality of any new joiner and we assign based on the personality to their most kind of fruitful desk at the end for them. So really to tailor something which is most appropriate for them. But we also want to understand about your opinion on the function of the role itself. I had a conversation with someone yesterday, and although we don't have the data, but our common opinion is sales function is something that isn't really the top of mind for a lot of younger generation for a variety of reasons. Again, it's really off the cuff. I remember during my time, it was obviously much easier, but progressively over my 12-year journey, it got harder and harder that we have to look at people that we usually wouldn't have. As a very successful recruitment agency, how do you maintain that appeal to this group of generation given that they have so many options right now they can choose to be an influencer they can choose to be a tiktoker and for the one with guts they can even go on to only fans if they want to so how do you try to provide them with an alternative and attractive one for them to consider a career in the recruitment agency space Great question, Adrian. And I believe, again, a lot of my fellow colleagues from the competition, they face the same challenges. What we are doing really well, and I'm very proud that we actually have that approach on a global level. We recently did the uh, relaunch of the entire business, and that relaunch actually helped us to promote uh, among our Gen Z uh, employees that we are Apple within the recruitment industry. They really feel proud to be part of a not old school recruitment business. They want to see different attributes uh, of the brand itself. I'm not sure you see that, but behind my back, that's how we look right now. It, it doesn't look as any other traditional recruitment company, right? But there is no, you're blue, you're red. There is no kind of formality in the way we position ourselves. We change the wording. And that's also important because, again, they could be an influencer. That's why we are talking about them not as salespeople. We actually call them connectors. We don't call them any more successful, I don't know, financial consultant. We call them experts within that particular field, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, it might sound that it's a small thing, but that small thing actually makes a huge difference. Another thing what is important is if your Gen Z population is really focused on getting this plenty of opportunities within your digital space and other ways of making money. Help them 
to utilize that within your business. We drive a lot of incentives, which are very digitalized incentives, right? We, we ask them for some hashtag, some repost, some reshare. And we actually see that the engagement level is very high compared to your millennials who are like, okay, it's not really sales KPI driven approach. I don't need this, I don't know, voucher, a cash voucher. I'm happy to do my job because I'm going to get better commission at the end of the day. And again, another one, I think what is important, why they prefer these other channels and why they believe these other channels are much more um related towards them because they see the mission, right? They can, they see this value add in the, in the kind of uh, activities they are doing there. That's why, again, it's important talk about their diversity and inclusion with them, right? Engage them into that direction. Talk about the thrive and mental well-being, which I already mentioned. And again, engage them into, into different committees, into different shape and form. Because as soon as they feel that whatever they can do outside, they can do here, but actually earn a lot of money. And it's a great culture, great people, and they can also have their career opportunities and they can grow. I'm sure you can properly motivate them. And again, the last but not the least, don't forget that you need to have the key milestones when you always sit and reflect together with them, right? You need to create that open forum, the platform where they can share feedback and you share feedback with them. Again, also difference, right, between Gen Zs and millennials. It's not that millennials are not open to provide you feedback. They are, but they would still be much more cautious how they do versus your vocal Gen Z population where if they don't see that there is any platform and that there is any opportunity within the company where they can actually say what they think, and again, not about themselves, but what they think about the particular situation, they actually would feel that's the wrong company for them. I'm reminded of the folks who works in Apple. If you think about it, the people at the retail shop, they're essentially retail staff, retail crew, or doing customer service, but Apple cleverly called them Apple Genius. So that in itself made people feel very different. And I think that whole approach really just met down accordingly to help people feel a lot more unique as well as purposeful within the organization. And from what I hear, it sounds like a lot more communication would be needed. During my time, it's just, here's your quota, go and hit it. End of the month, give me an update. But based on what you're saying here, I would imagine a lot of time being spent on one-to-one, -one, team meeting, daily stand-up, etc. I can see the expression on your face. How much time do you think right now you're allocating on daily or even weekly basis, percentage-wise, on all this communication? Again, spot on, Adrian. First of all, communication is the key. And I would even say that uh, there is not enough Despite the fact that I believe we do a lot, but I always catch myself that, oh my gosh, I need to communicate that twice or three times more just to assure that it's properly received among the audience. In terms of the, the kind of, I call it internal stakeholder management, and I call them all stakeholders at the end of the day because... They are genius who are making our business successful on a daily basis. I would say what I do expect from my senior leadership team and what we drive every week, at least 40%, up to 40% to be spent internally with the people. And it's your weekly team meetings. It's your one-on-one -on -one catch-ups, desk reviews, whatever you call it. It's any kind of second or the third team meetings within the week as well, just to assure that everyone is still going into the right direction. But again, if before, you still... Used to have some of the activities, but it was more about 
okay, how many CVs you need to send, how many calls you need to do, et cetera, et cetera. Now it's like, how are you? How are you feeling? What kind of concerns do you have at the moment? How do you feel about the months, but not only financially? What does market tell you? What do you think about your desk? Are you still comfortable with the, with the talent pools you are working with? How does geopolitical situation actually impact uh, your desk, etc.? It's a very different set of questions you, uh, you need to go through, that, through with them. Another, I would say, on top of that, just one-on-one and the team um, communication, you also need to be very mindful that you spend more time on their development. And if, again, before, when it comes to the development, we would say, what, nice classroom training, that's your key information, how to be successful. You have now all the tools in hands. In a way, go and execute, right? And you're going to make all the money out there. When now, it's more about mentoring. It's about coaching. I'm personally coaching all the extended leadership team monthly. And it's up to what? to 10 in total and they don't report into me but really to keep them motivated to keep them driven and focused it's really important that you don't talk about kpis with them you don't talk about the financial performance with them again you talk about key motivational drivers you talk about their economical challenges with them you talk about their challenges which they face when they attract talents and how you can help them and then you talk about the career opportunities and again how how me, my level could be actually beneficial for them to get through that stages, but not only in terms of the criteria and financial performance, et cetera, et cetera, but about the soft skills, about the competences, something which is not really black and white, right? Something which is not really measurable so easily. Empathy is the key. And I would say we, we do hire leaders, despite that we have uh, I'm very proud of our leadership team, but we still hire leaders, right? To grow the business further. And uh, recently we were searching for very important leader, very hard to find because very specific desk. Oh my gosh, you, Adrian, just to share, we work with Rec to Rex, right? We did our own search. And the problem we saw, even you find a great leader who is very experienced and very knowledgeable within that particular desk, but the empathy is not there and the soft skills and the competencies are not there. They would never build a rapport with your Gen Z, which means what it's going to end up with, you're going to lose the entire desk. So I, I believe it's really important through even your recruitment process, uh, how you look at that. And again, how you mention that uh, to, to work uh, at the best at the end. So to manage them well, empathy is really key here. And also to take into account everything as a priority, which should be focused and fixated very much on the individual. And of course, then slowly but surely connect the dots to the eventual outcome, which is the goal that the company is trying to allocate towards. And of course, with that, as you mentioned, a huge chunk of time will be spent on communication. I actually read this article recently and the title is, when you are bored of your own message, that is probably the time when it starts to sink in. And that really gives us an indication of the kind of over-communication that leaders need to do, which of course, we may be sick of our own communication, but unfortunately, that is part and parcel of the job. And for companies that may still be on the struggling end, especially more so for the small-medium enterprises here in this part of the world, where they don't have 
the sexiness of being a listed company or global HQ. They're just a small mom and pop shop. What are small baby steps that you think companies can start looking at in order to make themselves a bit more palatable with the Generation Z? I would say again, first of all, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Read more, educate yourself more, really try to list down all their key are successful results of, let's say, your, your bigger brothers, your, those of your MNCs, and see what out of the a list of things they are doing you can potentially use within your business. Meaning you can't do the rebranding. Just let me simplify that. But what you can do, you can change the message which you are using, right? You can't go and engage with any big marketing or advertisement company to, to support on your employment brand. Again, try to see who are among your employees are like very passionate about this topic. Create the project team internally, incentivize them somehow. And it's not only about money, right? It could be different types of the incentives for them to work out what's going to be the most successful for your business and how they can reassign or realign the key kind of branding messages. I'm talking about the employment branding messages, right? To, to your To your staff. And the last but not the least, again, communication doesn't require a lot of money. If you are the leader of the small business, just take that as a habit. Start building the habit. You can't change the company if you don't start with yourself. That's why if you really want to adjust into the new environment, start with yourself. See how much time you as a leader spends on, uh, spend on, I don't know, LinkedIn. How much you as a leader spend uh, on Glassdoor. How much time you spend on TikTok if if, let's say again, all your audience is fully on that uh, channel because you need to talk their language. That's why start with yourself and see what you can potentially use, what will work uh, for your business, what won't, and that's fine. And learn from big guys. Uh, that's absolutely fine. We also learn from big guys. That's why I gave you the example, right? We don't want to just go and create something from scratch. We actually know Apple is an amazing business. So why not become Apple in recruitment? The same you can do if you're a 10 people uh, company, right? 10 headcount, uh, not a problem. Look at those who are uh, 50, look at those who are 500 and see what you can implement. And when can we start finding you on TikTok? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a, such an embarrassing question to me. Give me some time, Mom. Give me some time, Mom. I'm doing my best on LinkedIn. I'm still doing my best on all the other social channels. TikTok, <laughs> give me another quarter. I'm sure I will get there. We'll revisit by then. And lastly, before we let you go, uh, where can people learn more about you as well as S3? Yeah, sure. Guys, first of all, if you want to learn about S3, go to our website, uws3.com. Really check out about our offices around the globe and especially with a focus on Singapore and Hong Kong. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram. We have pages. Uh, we obviously have the page on LinkedIn, all the region for APAC. We have S3 APAC page. And uh, the last but not the least, if you just want to have proper virtual or face-to-face -face conversation with us, you can easily just email us at uh, singaporecareers at s3.com or you can actually contact directly our talent acquisition manager. Her name is Renee Yon and I'm sure she's going to be so great in talking to you and explaining about all the benefits. Awesome. All this will be added into the show notes. Alina, thank you so much for coming on the show today to share with us more about managing the new generation of talents, especially the difference between Gen Z and millennials. Really learned a lot from this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Special shout out to today's sponsor, Zencaster. 
It may not be obvious, but every podcast episode usually comes with post-production. The ding, swoosh, fit in and outs are usually painstakingly added in by a professional sound engineer. The sound also requires normalization and noise reduction to provide listeners with the best listening experience. Before you grunt at spending money on sound engineering, you'll be pleased to know that all this can easily and quickly be done on Zencaster. It comes with a soundboard for live editing, so you can insert any audio clips live as you record. You can also add intro, add, and other audio on the fly. And with its automatic post-production feature, you can be assured of studio-quality sound with loudness normalization, noise, and hum reduction that makes your podcast sound like it was recorded in a studio. One transcript for your listeners, Zencaster's transcriptions are produced by their language modeling AI and proprietary machine learning tools that are on par with leaders such as Google Descript and Author.ai. To enjoy all this, simply sign up for Zencaster by going to zen.ai slash adrian and enter the promo code adrian and you'll get 30% off your first three months. That's zen.ai slash adrian and remember to enter in the promo code adrian It's time to share your story. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.